You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I realize that I'm much more satisfied and content when I'm living the way God made us to live, and that's such an important— you know, it keeps me in check, my humanness in check, I think specifically give, because it makes me sacrificial with my money and with my time and with just selfish purposes. So it really is, it's funny that it's give, but it's fulfilling to do it. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Happy New Year, everyone, for those listening. I'm today joined by two special guests. We have Paulina De La Fuente and Jose Abaroa. New Year, Taylor. It's great to see both of y'all here. I am excited because we are kicking off a new series. And Jose, you had a great message yesterday titled Press On. And so I'd love to kind of first, as we always do, kind of unpack a little bit more about what your thoughts were as you prepared for the message starting out the new year. You know, I don't remember how... I came to the passage, but I was reading Philippians 3 before the new year and read the chapter and thought this is exactly what um, I needed to hear for the coming year. And I think we needed to hear as a church body. So the chapter pretty much speaks for itself. All of Philippians is pretty powerful, but this whole concept of pressing on, when I looked it up and saw that it meant to pursue, to seek after, even to instigate Um, I I thought, okay, this is a cool New Year's uh, message and I think is what we need to remember as we start this year. So I'll leave it at that and I'm looking forward to the question. Oh yeah, no, that was really good. I think even just the way you paired it in with New Year's resolutions and just how so much, I think, uh, even if you don't have like a huge list of like 100 resolutions, you typically are always trying to think about, okay, how can I be better? How can I focus? And so, Jose, one of the quotes you mentioned that I thought were really good was the fact that God doesn't want perfection, but he wants connection. And through that connection, bringing transformation. So I'd love to kind of camp out on that first, particularly when it comes to God not wanting perfection. And I'd love to hear both of y'all's kind of thoughts as y'all have been walking with Christ for a while. And so what are ways that you kind of, find yourself maybe drifting towards uh, works or trying to be perfect and kind of what are some ways that you both have found helpful as far as just kind of focusing on abiding with Christ, focusing on connection and not all of the the good things that you do for God. Yeah, I'll never forget the trip that I took to Breckenridge, Colorado. It was uh, in my college years. And for whatever reason, this concept of grace was um, really present in my mind. And what I mean by grace, I I always thought of God. Then I was, you know, following Jesus and and super plugged into community. But what I mean by that is I couldn't fathom the concept of grace being free because there was nothing that I could do to earn it. And Mm. and I was really struggling with where I um, come into the equation. Where do my actions, where do my good works? How do I do this? And I remember outside of the log cabin, sitting, looking at the mountains, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Our life is a response to his love for us. Grace is so overwhelming and undeserving. We are so undeserving of it. Then when we truly rest in that grace, that brings about transformation. And so for me, it's a continual reminder that that's the case. And checking in with my motives and uh, after, after a day looking back and seeing if there's anything that I'm doing that's trying to gain something mm. from from the Lord or even prove myself as good enough or or worthy of being loved. And if so, then I need to 
check that at the door because his love is sufficient and grace is sufficient for us always. So mm. that's something I have to do. And that's really the genesis of when I, I recognize that everything is a response to his love. Yeah, I think really similarly for me, it's just the first time somebody told me that I couldn't make God love me more today. I really wrestle with that. I really want to do things to make God love me more. And at first that feels like I'm failing, you know, and it's like, wait, how? But then realizing that that's how perfect and complete his love is, you know, there's just no adding to it. There is no, God is more pleased with me today than, or more loving of me today than yesterday, because I just have to receive all of it fully. And so that, just thinking about that really catches me constantly that I have, can work towards trying to think that I'm doing something to yeah. make God love me more. And there's no earthly relationship that we can mm. really compare that to. I mean, biblically, the only marriage we really have is marriage. I mean, marriage is supposed to be a reflection of God in the church. But besides that, it's really difficult. Or And, and being a father and a mother and our relationship with our kids, for sure. But it doesn't even come close mm. to the love mm. that God has for us. This agape, right, love. So... I think that makes it trickier. Yeah, yeah. Jose, one of the things you talked about when it comes to pressing on and not pursuing just what you talked about was this idea of forgetting the past. And you mentioned a clarity or clarified, you said not forgetting events, but forgetting what has already been paid for. And just kind of that concept, like y'all are talking about that it's already been paid for by Christ on the cross. And so, um, you don't have to be following Christ very long to recognize that the past tends to creep up on you. And just, you you know, as you try to press on, there's things that you think about from the past or that kind of weigh you down. So uh, I think what is maybe some encouragement that y'all two would have just for people that are maybe just getting caught up there and they hear you say, you know, Jesus paid for it. And it's, it's such a thing there in the head knowledge, but when it comes to the heart or just comes to the emotions, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, how do you get there? How do you kind of remind yourself and encourage you <laughs> of that when you just can't seem to get past it? Well, it's such a hard question, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, especially hard if you're if you're feeling it and you're recognizing and you're trying to unattach or detach and move on and move forward. I think Encounter Retreat really does a great job addressing this, and one of the one of the beauties uh, that I think we see at a retreat is that it's it's a process. It's a it's three days and you don't just have something instantaneously. Mm. And so my encouragement is, is to say to anyone, you know, I mean, I personally, when I struggle with things that are just hard to shake off, it's, it's encouraging to remind myself that it's a process and there's a step that I need to take, whether that is going to the Lord and saying, God, you know, that I, I know that you took care of this and um, I know that you are mighty and I know that you are my ultimate redeemer and deliverer, but I just turn to you again and give it to you again. And then the next day again, and mm. the next time it comes to mind, give it to him again and remind ourselves that it is fully paid for. Mm. And um, we have freedom. Galatians 5, 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I, I, I think that that's a good step is is think of it as a process and continually go back to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I think of times when I've really wrestled with letting go of something and it's it feels like it's deserved because 
well, I deserve punishment, you know? And so it feels hard to receive grace, but it also feels like it can feel right because I'm making myself small. That's what I think, that I'm making myself, you know, face the repercussion or punishment of my what I've done. And I think instead, for me, it helps me to think about how really the enemy is just making my sin look bigger than Jesus's payment on the yeah. cross. And that really helps me come to terms with letting that go because then it's not, okay, I you know did something, but I understand God's grace. I can move on. I'm good. You know, it's not me claiming that I'm good. It's me realizing that I don't want to make sin or the enemy big, and I know that that's what he wants to do. And so instead letting Jesus's sacrifice be so much bigger mm-hmm. that it totally makes whatever I'm wrestling with and trying to let go of so small that then I can let go, you know, and kind of thinking about it like that helps me a lot. That's really good. And I think that's it, right? There is an enemy that's trying to remind us of yeah. the past mm-hmm. and always bring it up. Yeah. via thoughts or via person. And hey, remember, mm-hmm. I'll always remember you for this or remember what you've done uh, yeah. uh, uh, to me. And that's where Jesus has come to break that curse and reverse the consequences where though that brings us guilt, shame. Uh, he says, look, I took that up for you so that you can say, no, I have freedom, but it wasn't my own doing. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I could have gotten myself out of that yeah. mess but Jesus did that for me. Mm -hmm. And that gives people hope wherever you are, Mm -hmm. whether you're a prisoner dealing with a life sentence, you know that your life is ultimately being redeemed. Or if you just can't kick the idea of something that you did, you know, last week or a couple months ago, there's redemption and Mm -hmm. and hope for, for us all. Yeah. And I think about just the enemy and how he wants to use our past to isolate us. And so I think just even fighting that with, uh, surrounding myself with people that are going to remind me as I say, hey, like I'm, I know that I'm free from this or I know that I'm forgiven for this, but this is still just difficult. I think it just helps to be reminded about that from people around me too, because otherwise I can just quickly kind of go back into a form of isolation and just not wanting to um, open up with anyone. And so I think that's right where he mm-hmm. wants me uh, when I when I get there. So, so those are all really good points. Uh, Jose, one of the things you kind of capped towards the end of your message was kind of practically how can we connect? How can we press on? How can just giving us some ideas? And this is Conversations Podcast. So we like to talk practically. So I'd love to kind of camp out for most of the the rest of our time talking about the four G's, grow, gather, give and go, and just kind of get y'all's takes on just maybe some things. Maybe someone uh, doesn't have a New Year's resolution yet or a way they want to improve, or maybe they have had it. And by the time we're recording or listening to this, they have already uh, messed up on it. So uh, the first one is grow, growing spiritually. Um, Jose, you mentioned kind of the value of reading regularly and just how it doesn't necessarily have to be reading the whole Bible in a year, but just kind of the idea of reading. So I'd love to hear both of y'all's kind of maybe thoughts on why regular reading and prioritizing that is so important. And then maybe even just some tips as y'all have kind of found that are helpful when it comes to setting that time aside or even just within that time, what that looks like. Well, I'm certainly no expert. I'm on, on the journey and easily distracted like anybody else. And so I find that it is a discipline that needs to uh, be set and be taken seriously. Otherwise, I have no hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get distracted. So I do have a flood of icons, Bible icons um, on my phone. So I go to different apps, I read differently. And that even helps my uh, brain find respite because I find entertainment, maybe not entertainment's the wrong word, but 
it entertains my mind to jump from one app to the other to see the different features and read the Bible different ways. And so make it fun, make it something that you enjoy doing and then make, make it a habit. So set time apart mm. and say these 30 minutes or, or, or these five, 10 minutes, whenever I first wake up or right after you make your coffee, go ahead and say, that's what I'm gonna do every day. And um, that, that helps um, you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So I don't know if any of those are, are helpful, but those mm. certainly yeah, yeah. help me. Yeah, it doesn't need to look one way. We're all uh, different. For me, it has to be in the morning because whatever I don't get done first thing in the morning, I'll yeah. keep pushing on yeah. and on to never. Um, I think something I was just thinking about this morning with this is that a lot of times I think about reading like I have to do this kind of in the same vein as the kind of working to please God. And so just this morning I was thinking how it is amazing how I think that it's, you know, I've been failing at this. And so then I postpone it more and then I don't read more. I don't do whatever spiritual disciplines more. And it's funny because when I actually go to God, I don't receive any of that from Him. I just receive love and acceptance and His Word that fills up me and my life. So it is a good reminder for me to sometimes just feeling like I'm failing keeps me from being in the Word. And so just remembering that when I go to God, He doesn't receive me like, here's all the times that you haven't read, you know, but He's just pleased to connect with us, like you said. Yeah, that's really good. I think thing something I would add is just even just remembering like if I haven't set that time, even if it's just the night before, if I haven't set aside time where I know that's when I'm going to spend my time in the Word, then it's, it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I think in the same way, Pauline, you're talking about if it doesn't happen in the morning, it doesn't happen. I think for me, it doesn't even happen in the morning if I don't even think like, okay, when am I going to fit this in? Because uh, if I don't, I'm just going to sleep a little extra or I'm just going to do something else with that time. So I think even just... Just simply saying, okay, tomorrow before I go to bed, what 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 is my time to do that? And uh, I think setting that aside, uh, and like you said, that there's no kind of score or tally with mm-hmm. that. And Jose, I think that that quote about just perfection—it's like God wants our connection, uh, yeah. not the yeah. perfection piece on that. And understanding the why, He wants us to connect because mm-hmm. when we are connected to Him, we are living fully. Yeah, we're living fully with Him. Yeah. We recognize yeah. how awesome mm-hmm. His love is, how important. Faith in Him is, all of that is is huge. And we have been justified. But it is through that connection that we see how wonderful mm-hmm. it is to live a sanctified, a continually sanctified life. And that comes through abiding. That mm-hmm. comes through connecting with Him every single day. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. The next G is gather. And not only just on Sunday mornings, but also in community groups. And so uh, the three of us are no strangers to community groups over the years uh, in our life at Cyprus. So I'd love just to kind of maybe hear just a quick, maybe uh, not necessarily pitch, but maybe just like a testimony of how you've seen God use community groups in your life, whether more recent or even just back kind of in college or just kind of what that looked like for y'all. Um, Cause I know, I know I, we, we pitch it often and we kind of promote as far as, Hey, get in the community group, get in a community yeah. group. But I think even just beyond that, it's just sharing the stories of, of it's not just to kind of fill seats, but it, it really is for the best of every person that's in it. Mm. And so we're included in that. And so just would love to hear y'all's kind of uh, maybe personal testimonies. If there's something, a story that comes to mind or just something that you've seen happen. Yeah. I think for me, I can have gone into community groups with like, 
pressure of what insight I have and even like wanting to prove myself and, and justify anything like that, I think is sometimes what I have gone into community groups thinking and feeling and like that's what it is, is, is like being able to share something valuable and insightful to people. And what God has really shown me is that community groups are more importantly a place to be known. And that's what I've experienced is that it's not another place to perform or like be something or prove, you know, but it's a time to just be me and who I am with purpose together, you know, not just like purposeless gathering, but doing it with purpose and then just being known by people. I think that's what I've really, what's God has switched, used community groups to switch my mindset. Yeah. And I probably should have said this yesterday, but I got connected through a community first before I came Mm. to big church. And I felt all those things. I felt known, I felt cared for, and I'm so glad that for me, it was like the prereq to really come into the, to the church because mm-hmm. I was kind of over at that season of my life where I thought I knew better than show up to a church and, you know, do the corporate gathering. I didn't quite understand the meaning. And so going to a community group first and seeing why that was so important, that true koinonia fellowship that you experience when you are in a small group, then I thought, wow, this is a church full of these. Mm -hmm. And this is a big, large group of people that are coming to not only worship and and exalt the name of Jesus, but also hear direction from the word. And um, that's what made me fall in love with, with, with the Lord, this church, and I got connected to the, the nations through community groups. So through my community mm-hmm. group in, in college, I went on a few mission trips. So that didn't come through a program or, you know, a, a training school or anything like that. It, it came just through knowing these people in my, mm-hmm. in my community group. Yeah. No, I think both of y'all's stories are so cool and touched on different things. I think one thing I would highlight too is just you don't have to have any homework to show up. Like it's one of those, like I think finally you were alluding to it as far as just like having to feel like you need to say something or something. Like I think it's not it's not like a class, it's not a Sunday school, like you don't have to come with an assignment. It's like you literally just, you know, you've listened to the message and now it's just everyone just kind of processing and sharing kind of what God's teaching them through it. And so I think that's one thing that is helpful for me as I go throughout the week and just being able to have that time set aside to really kind of remind myself of the message. Cause honestly, sometimes it can be easy to kind of go in one year on Sunday and then yeah, I just right. forget about it by like mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday. And so just another way of being able to kind of talk and process it, but also think about applying it either individually or just even collectively has been super helpful too. So yeah, no, I really appreciate y'all sharing that. Uh, the third G is give. And so Jose, you talked about kind of time, talent and treasure, we could break up each one of these three and spend the whole time on uh, on all three of these. But I'd love to kind of just hear kind of both of y'all's kind of heart behind giving and particularly even just like serving because I know that's something that, uh, yes, y'all are on staff, we're all on staff, but mm-hmm. being able to uh, take part in serving the church before being on staff and, and even now serving in different roles and capacities mm-hmm. and just kind of, again, not that we have a list of things we need filled. And so it doesn't matter who we just need it filled, but instead it's like out of, for the best of each one of us that God's made us to serve. So I'd love mm-hmm. to kind of hear y'all's thoughts on that. Yeah. I love the picture of the church. I have a lot of um, friends and some family members that have really questioned, especially me coming up and, and serving as a lead pastor. Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. What's your denomination? How are you guys uh, structured? And they're not believers. They're not a part of a, of a church. 
but they're just curious as to how the whole organization exists. And it really is amazing if you think mm. about it. It exists because people are compelled to give. That's mm. it. And so what are they compelled to give by? Well, by the Lord. And so we submit to what he has called us to do, and that is give back because he's given us everything. Mm. And so when I see giving as responding to God, as giving back to God, then not only is it easier, but it's it's more fun. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it with a joyful spirit. I'm gonna mm -hmm. give him back my money. I'm gonna give him my time and the way that he's uh, wired me. I remember um, I didn't want to play keys for 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 a while, and someone you know challenged me on that. I was playing, and then I stopped playing, and someone challenged me on that on the worship team. It's like, hey, you're withholding your talents from serving from serving the Lord, and and that really put things in, in a different perspective. I had never thought about being selfish with a talent, mm -hmm. um, but then thinking about giving that to the Lord, um, it was an easy, okay, I'm, you got me, I'm convicted. I'll, I'll go back <laughs> to playing. Why? Well, because God gave me a gift, so I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to mm -hmm. serve him mm -hmm. with that gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you said earlier about living God's, the way God has made for us to live is to be made is the most fulfilling way. And I think about that with this, with give, that it ought, I mean, it's in the name, give, that it feels like it's something I do for somebody, you know, but when it's really just a surrender to God and then just bringing back what, uh, giving back what God has given, then I realize that I'm much more satisfied and content when I'm living the way God made us to live. And that's such an important, you know, it keeps me in check, my humanness in check, I think specifically give, because it makes me sacrificial with my money and with my time and with just selfish purposes. So it really is, it's funny that it's give, but it's fulfilling to do it because that's how God made us. Yeah. And I think if there's anything I would add, just even the relational nature of it that I know we've all experienced and just that this isn't like a job that we clock in, clock out, and then you go home, or this isn't like, I don't know, court ordered community service. Like this is like a family that you're serving alongside. And so even just, I think about within Cyprus, just the many different teams and opportunities to serve and how there's, there's just this kind of even little sub family nature in each one of those. And just being able to um, just live life with those that you're serving alongside and just getting a chance to really uh, serve the Lord together. And so I think it's cool how there's so many different capacities and so many different kind of talents that we all have that we're able to serve with. But I think just the ability for us to do it together in a way mm. that I don't think you can really get anywhere else when you come when it comes to, to volunteering and serving. And so I think that's just a really cool way God, God designed it. The fourth and final G is go. And so again, kind of tying up the question of how do we connect? How do we press on, press in as far as heading into 2021? This one is go. Jose, you mentioned this may be some of the challenging, the most challenging one for, for a lot of people. Uh, and that's the idea of living on mission outside of the church wall. So I'd love to kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on maybe what can be one of the most challenging things for you to live on mission? And then maybe what is a way that you try to uh, counter that and kind of fight and press press on through that? When I think of, um, you know, my time before this, when I did hold a normal job, it was offending people. It was rubbing people the wrong way and coming off as judgmental. And so I did not want to bring God up. I didn't want to talk about my faith. Now, anytime a door opened, well, not every time, when a door opened via question, curiosity, mm -hmm. 
it was like, you know, I was in an amusement park. I was so excited <laughs> to talk about the things of God and the why behind church and, you know, uh, Jesus and, uh, and, and talk about the Bible. But I think the, the challenging uh, piece is how to do that both in action and in word. So sometimes we think it's all action and sometimes we think it's only by speaking and it's gotta be both. We have to speak the gospel and doors will be opened that we need to go through when we see somebody struggling in, in our workplace and you see somebody down, man, a, 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 hey, I'm praying for you or hey, let me share this Bible verse that brings me hope. I hope it does you too, no, no strings attached. Or hey, let me tell you about how God comforted me through, through a time where I really mm-hmm. needed comfort. And you can be his true arms and feet in those circumstances, but we have to have the boldness to, mm-hmm. to walk through them. And, and I know, I mean, talking about obstacles and impediments, those were mine. It was just fearing that I would come off judgmental or, mm-hmm. um, you know, rubbing anybody the wrong, the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my biggest obstacle is always people's perception of me when I share those kinds of things and just wanting to, I don't know, just guess stereotypes and, and avoid those and make sure that people know where I'm coming from and kind of the justification things that God helps me let go of. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, it really, I just get stuck on that. And I think what really encourages me is what you said, Taylor, about together and the body of Christ. And I just, I know it's not a cop out. It's not a, the body of Christ exists. So therefore I don't have to, you know, run in my lane and Mm -hmm. be on mission. I do, but I'm not alone, you know? And so when I'm getting the opportunity to share something with somebody, I'm a part, even though it's the go. So it's feels a little bit more separate. I'm a part of the being that is the body of Christ, you know? And so that's where I love the role of the local church and getting to be a part of a living, breathing community because I might be the point person for somebody, you know, at the store that comes in, but they end up connecting better with a different community group or with a different person. So that really, for me, that helps me battle the, that, some of the obstacles and just know that we're in it together. It's really good. Yeah. I think for me, I can come up with a lot of excuses and I think about it, I've become a professional at that, but I think ultimately all of them root in just missing the point. I think for me, if I just think about uh, every time I kind of look for a cop out or look for an easy way out, it's, it's usually just because I'm not thinking about the reason why I'm here, the reason why we do live on mission and um, those who lived on mission to share to me. And I think about, um, I don't know, I just was even having a conversation with a friend uh, this weekend just about uh, just the idea that God is placing... He's placed me in certain rooms where I knew I was the only believer that was in that room. Or he's placed, you know, each one of us in different roles and different environments and different scenes in which uh, we can either choose, like I know for me, it's easy to conform. Like if I'm in a room and I know I'm the only believer that I just would rather conform instead of thinking about how do I transform, be a part of God transforming the lives here. And so I think that for me, it's just, if I really start to think about, okay, how 
can, how has God uniquely placed me in certain places and then kind of just go out? Because ultimately I'm always wishing that like, God, can you send another believer? Can you send somebody else in the room? Like, I don't, I don't want to be the only one or I don't want to be uh, doing this. And so I think that ultimately seeing that as a, a gift to be able to be a part of what God's doing instead of as a, as a, just a requirement or a negative. And so I think that's just something for me that um, I think about as I try to live missionally outside of the, the church walls. Yeah, it takes effort to zoom out and realize that God's using you and it's not you. It's not about you. Right. It's about right. him, but he's using you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's moving through you. Mm. So absolutely, man. That's really good. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Getting amped to go right now. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, love to wrap things up. Jose, final thoughts on kind of pressing on and then maybe even a preview for next week. Let's press on. Let's pursue Jesus this year. I think if we all do that, then we will see amazing things, huge things uh, happen in the name of Jesus in our families, communities. And I am excited about next week on Sunday, we'll be talking about the mission statement and why we exist as a church for what purpose. So... That's all I'm going to say about that. We'll see you on Sunday. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.